Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comic Podcast, episode 189. I'm talking very fast because this is a big show, big, big show. We yeah, have so much news. So much. Oh my god, we have guests, we have reviews, we have everything. Yeah, we got it all, we got it all, all of it here. Slim Jims? It's all here. Slim Jims? Definitely Slim Jims. Yeah. We're going to snap into one later in the show. But, before we get to that, uh, Ryan Stegman's on the show to talk about Vanish, his new uh, uh, Image comic series, which was also uh, displayed over his Substack in the last year. Donnie Cates yeah. writes, we're going to talk all about that. Uh, other things too. I'm gonna try to get a Miracle Man question in there. We'll see. We'll see if I can get to it. <laughs> but there's so much news that we have to talk very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Micro Machine guy from the uh, '90s. So fast. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if someone was it the was it the '90s or the 80s? I don't know, man. It bleeds for me because I I think it was the '80s because yeah. they brought him in because he was he they had him as a talking head on I Love the '80s. You remember oh, that? And yeah. like he would just like the bit was they would have him like introduce new things on the show. <laughs> Yeah, he was on like Nickelodeon a bunch too. I remember, just right. like kids loved yeah. him. Kids, kids, that's <laughs> what I was about. Is kids love the Micro Machine guy. Kids just love people talking really fast, which is why we're talking yeah, fast because yeah. we know our audience is generally under the age of. I'm next after an all new all that. <laughs> now only, you only hear that Micro Machine voice uh, on the radio with uh, those advertisements that only have ten seconds, but they have to get in all their like sure, warnings. Sure, don't stick them up your butt. Exactly. But uh, if you are unfamiliar with the show, this is Comic Book Podcast, mm-hmm. where we recap the biggest news of the week. This week, uh, I would argue there are two really big pieces of news. One we'll start with, and then later in the show, I'll point out the one that I think is the biggest. But to start, sure. okay. Marvel has released their full December solicitations. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so everything coming out for the full year, we now know from mm-hmm. Marvel Comics. And uh, I guess the big thing in December is their new event, Dark Web. Yeah, it's kind of weird to talk about an event when an event is still like ongoing and only like midway through its uh, run because uh, Axe sure. Judgment Day is still going on, right? But uh, Dark Web is promising all sorts of really popular characters joining forces: uh-huh. Venom, Chasm, Chasm. That's the correct pronunciation of that. <laughs> X Men, <laughs> uh, Jean Grey, uh, the Goblin Queen. Ever, I think. Spidey's getting some sick shoulder pads. Yeah, he's got that new gold costume that uh, Green Goblin, the uh, Norman yeah. suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Zeb Wells is the showrunner on this event, uh, the main yeah. writer on Amazing Spider-Man. Um, there, there's a bunch of uh, tie-ins that were also announced that are like, mm-hmm. I think there's X-Men one, there's a Venom one, but yeah. So it's a it's a classic crossover, and it doesn't seem too big. It's not as big as Axe Judgment Day is. Yeah. Right, and then a lot of these tie-ins, they're sort of uh, billing them just based on the fight on the inside, right? Like, a lot of the story, like, this, this, uh, like, one of these is just, by the way, Spider-Man's gonna fight Ben Riley. Yeah, right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more excited about, like, the, yeah, like, the little tie-in minis. Like, mm. a, a Dark Web X-Men is seems like it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. I always like watching the X-Men kind of out of their depth with magic stuff. Um and uh yeah, and as I mentioned before, I'm I'm very excited about the Mary Jane and Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jeb McKay's doing a really good job. The one shot he did like, mm-hmm. earlier this year was really good. Or maybe yeah. it was the end of last year, I forget now. Well, like I said, like any time he gets to write Black Cat, I'm excited mm-hmm. about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that um the death of Dr. Strange Spider-Man one shot was essentially like a perfect black cat and Spider-Man story as well. Yes. Really well paced, entertaining through and through. 
Yeah. He's also coming back with another uh, timeless issue, a one-shot yeah. that uh, will tease future stories as Kang tries to, I don't know, figure things out because he's like in disarray. <laughs> well, we saw in the in the last timeless one-shot, we saw a lot of uh, previews of things to come yeah. in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to delve more into those future storylines that may or may not come to pass. Yeah, there was a couple that people, like there was one where Ben Riley was in Hollywood for some reason. And that's right. And it never yeah. came to pass for some reason. Right. Maybe, I mean, that's, that just goes to show you that story ideas can change. They're all fluid, right? Unless they were prophesizing he'd be in Hollywood many years from now. So we're still waiting right. for that. <laughs> Making the Chasm movie. I think it's a cool idea. Similar to like how there's a Hellfire Gala every year now. If there's a mm-hmm. timeless issue to have Kang be like, what's happening? What's going to come? So what Yeah, what can we look forward to? <laughs> he's our, he's our, uh, our host like on the Twilight Zone or something. <laughs> Musical guest. <laughs> Dana Chasm. Carvey. Um, <laughs> Musical guest Dana Carvey would be a hell of an SNL. Yeah, I don't even know who he would do an impersonation of. He just does the broccoli song. He would do like Mick Jagger dancing and stuff. <laughs> right. uh, that's an SNL joke, if you don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, two, two, two new series launches are happening as well. Iron Man uh, with Jerry Dugan writing and Miles Morales Spider-Man by Cody Ziegler, both announced via the solicits. Uh-huh. Uh, well, no, they weren't announced by the solicits because we actually knew about Iron Man about three or four weeks ago now. Yeah, I saw. I first saw the Miles news on Ziggler's Twitter account. I think. I think he shared a screenshot of Marvel's, like official press release from Marvel.com. Uh, so excited about this, Cody Ziggler and Federico Vincentini uh, on Miles Morales. Yeah, I, I, I literally earlier this week was thinking to myself, "What am I gonna do <laughs> when Spider Punk is over?" Yes, right. <laughs> like, what is my life now? And uh, uh, very happy to know that I don't have to find out yet. Ziggler uh, did an interview with the Root and talked yeah. a little bit about like how important Miles was to him growing up. And now mm-hmm. just to be able to write the character is just a real trip, uh, which is really Definitely. cool. And Federico Vicentini, you might not know necessarily by name, but he just did the uh, X Lives of Wolverine uh, yeah. super event. Um, so great. His, his art is really kinetic. It really would work well with an agility character like Spider-Man. Uh, also worth noting, Miles is back in the classic suit. Yeah, a lot of people were Ditching excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't hate the hoodie, but man, it's really, I mean, it's the same thing with Pete's costume, right? Yeah. Like, it's really hard to to, to to put him in something new when you nailed it right out of the gate. Right, right. It's probably, it was probably hard to draw, too, honestly, with, like, the bagginess of it and uh, the, sure. Like, ta- oh, I, I actually really dug that, because I, I was thinking, I kept thinking, like, man, it must be so much easier to move in that suit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And comfy, too. For sure. Uh, also... Kind of big news. Uh, Miracle Man mm-hmm. was uh, solicited the Silver Age number three, which is technically the first new issue. Uh, the right. first two by Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham were already created uh, many, many years ago. They never got to finish their story. 30 years ago almost? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, they are remastering the color, I believe, for those two issues. Yeah. So uh, I saw some people on Twitter actually saying like, oh, this is good news because it wouldn't really match with the newer kind of style of coloring. Right, right. And it, and it's still has some fidelity to the original uh, coloring. It's not like the, you know, when they reissued Simonson's Thor and it's just a fully different color palette. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about this just because 
you know Marvel has plans to use Miracle Man in a big way in the future. They just they, oh, they have sure. yet to really tell us anything. I think they're gonna let yeah. Neil and Mark kind of finish their story first, and then we'll get to know. I think that's the way to go, yeah. right? Like, don't don't interrupt the the you know the, this legacy story, right? Right. There are mega omnibuses uh, scheduled to come out in October, I think, and November. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to catch up on the classic Miracle Man, you can, uh, which is cool. And it's great. It like so much of that still holds up. I actually have Marvel sends me trades really early. I have the um, let me see here, Miracle Man: The Golden Age trade paperback sitting here. Oh it man, collects issues one through six. You lucky duck. I know. I sure am. You know, else is lucky. Dan Slott. <laughs> uh-huh. He gets to write Spider Man again. <laughs> he sure does. Does the third he? Uh, third issue was solicited this week. Also, if you mm-hmm. go to aptcomics.com, go to the solicitations. You can see all the cool cover art. There's a lot of really cool Peach Pomoko covers in here. I call her I, yeah, out specifically because sure. she's just every month blowing me away. Yeah, there's actually a lot of Spider Man in this solicitation. There's a couple of uh, Peach Momoko covers for that uh, that that Miles relaunch as well. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, Zig was sharing those and just like saying nobody nobody does it like her. Like yep. there's just nobody else in the biz that's that's even doing anything similar. The painterly quality, the like watercolor. It's just so pretty. Yeah, it's really cool. love it. But yeah, there's um there's some heavy hitters in here like the Trad uh-huh. Moore Doctor Strange book is getting its second issue in December, which uh-huh. is pretty exciting. That four issue series, yeah. Um, Exterminators ongoing. Uh, the five issue series, the fourth issue is coming out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so check all those out. Photon, which I can't wait for. Oh, that we just got all these solicitations. Yeah. They decided to tell us that in January, Scarlet Witch is getting her on uh, her own ongoing. Good. Uh- <laughs> You said that with certainty. For real. I mean, Steve Orlando and Sarah Pacelli doing Scarlet Witch is so exciting. And it, it is. It, it picks is. up from Orlando's uh, Darkhold event, which like we, we talked to him a little bit about this when we had him and the Boulay brothers on. But it was like yeah. this moment yeah. of sort of like a vindication for Wanda where she essentially is just like, I I. I cannot believe Doctor Doom gets to keep playing hero after all this fucking time. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were kind of getting into that. You will, uh, you will never control me again. And I just kind of love that Scarlet, which is you know, Wanda's owning her power, and she is, yeah, she's she's ready to take the fight to the rest of the magical universe. Yeah, with this and uh, Trial of Magneto, yeah, she's sort of been vindicated, vindicated a bit for sure. Because uh, she, the whole like House of X. Yeah, no House of X, um, House of M. Yeah, uh, event where she said no more mutants. Yeah. Really hung over her for a long time there. Between that and yeah, uh, all the stuff with her kids, like and you know, which translated into the movies. It's been it's it's about time yeah. <laughs> that somebody, yeah. uh, you know, gives gives Wanda a break, man. And she's kind of one of the OG Avengers, not absolutely like original original, but she was she was there early on. Sure. Speaking of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Marvel also announced for January the Avengers War Across Time series, which is going to be mm-hmm. drawn by the great Alan Davis, yeah. written by Paul Levitz, and it's a, a celebration of the Avengers' 60th anniversary for yeah. next year. that's so exciting. I think that's going to be really fun. Definitely like a throwback, which Marvel's been doing a lot of lately, yeah. like with the X-Men Legends stuff. Yeah. And- uh, but they'll be fighting Hulk and then eventually Kang. He's going to be a big, big character next year, I think. Yeah, he is. Like and the Ant-Man movie. And Alan Davis just, wow. Like, I I just, I love how this, this interior art looks. It's so classic. 
Yeah, there was a few um, unlettered pages that were released that's on the IPT as well. Man, this shot of him walking through his ship with the with the various Iron Man armors and the cloak up in the corner and the busted up shield. It's it's classic Kang, man. It's so cool. Super cool. Uh, also cool, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Marvel... Agatha's hot now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Agatha Harkness, we all know, is getting a TV show. I forget when, but uh, Midnight Suns launched this week. The new comic series, which some might have thought was a tie into the video game. Right. Synergy, synergy is what I'm trying to get out here. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the first issue doesn't actually tell you who the bad guy is, but then Marvel right. on Thursday was like, "Guess who the bad guy is?" and they just spoil. What we'll find out in issues two and three, which is that Agatha Harkness is the uh, the main villain. Uh, Ed, which but is we're interesting because seeing... that doesn't yeah. seem to be the case in the, the video game that presumably, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Lilith no. is like the main villain in the game, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, the whole, if you even look at like the cool costumes are getting in the game, yeah. like, they're not doing that at all with this series. It's so interesting. But uh, yeah, Ethan Sachs, the writer of the series, talked a little bit about how cool it is to be doing um, Agatha's backstory when she was younger, because it's kind of an unknown area for the character. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, a lot of people were commenting on how, how sexed up she looked in the uh, the cover art. Now, is she, this is what she's supposed to look like in the flashback sequences, right? Like, we're not yeah. doing, yeah, okay, so that's not how she just rolls up in present day. No, I don't think looking so. Like... Although that is... Looking like Psylocke yeah. with a like a with a skunk line in her hair. Oh yeah, so it's Rogue and Psylocke combined. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a revealing costume for a character, uh, which presumably would have happened like in the early era of sure. Avengers. It's it's a but pretty the... it's a pretty neat design, but yeah, I'm I'm just kind of like, huh, okay, all right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Marvel this week also announced their 10-episode series, Marvel's Wastelanders Doom. Yeah. uh, Which is, I think, maybe the third or fourth now Wastelanders audio podcast, audio um, Yeah, because what, they've done Black Widow, Wolverine, and Hawkeye? Hawkeye? Yes. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, Benjamin uh, Percy was on, gosh, maybe a year ago now. That's right. Talking about one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he wrote, but yeah, Mark Wade is writing this one, mm-hmm. big uh, heavy hitter. God, it's so crazy. He's like the publisher at Humanoids, but also writing like Batman versus Robin, doing Marvel work. <laughs> yeah, the dude's just doing everything. He's, yeah, I think he's he's paid his dues. <laughs> he's just doing whatever he wants at this point. Um, exactly. Yeah, odd odd choice here with Dylan Baker as Doctor Doom. Yeah, uh, I I put a picture of him in the news. Well, you know why they hired him because he was the lizard. And thus green. <laughs> sure. See. Yes. So the connection was there already. <laughs> yeah. No, when you first when you first posted this, I thought in my head I thought it was Dylan Walsh from Nip Tuck oh. and Congo. Okay. And so I was like, oh, oh, what a weird choice. But uh this is still an odd choice, but it's I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, there's a there's a clip you can uh listen to to yeah. get a taste of his doom. Um, Doom is a huge character in the Wastelanders. Oh era. yeah, for sure. Like, he's basically the main villain. He crushed everybody. He yeah, I mean he put together. He essentially put together the attack that killed all the heroes. Uh, speaking of attacks, we're all going to be attacking New York Comic Con in a couple weeks. Okay. Just a few weeks from now, I think two, three weeks from now. It's the first week of October. Yeah. Uh, Marvel released their panel lineup uh, as well as uh, webtoons. I didn't have it in this news, but uh, if you go to AFPT, you could check that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, Marvel's got their, you know, their usual panels like Next Big Thing, which yeah. is going to be where all the big news is, is going to be at. But they also have Marvel Voices getting a panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Women of Marvel has been getting a panel every time at these big cons, which is great. Yeah. 
Uh, if you go to Marvel's next big thing, you'll be able to see uh, Jerry Dugan, Jed McKay, Zeb Wells, mm-hmm. all talking about Dark Web. I like the uh, the Marvel Voices World Outside Your Window panel. Like it's basically talking about how they they bring you know universal, global, and like personal concerns together in their storytelling, mm. which I, I really love. Yeah, Angelica uh, Roche was uh, mm-hmm. she's been doing that podcast, uh, Women of Marvel, for a while. That's right. Yeah, and Voices too. So uh, she's 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 a heavy hitter. She's like yeah, uh, moderating like mega panels with celebrities and stuff too that's awesome but yeah cody ziggler will be there uh steve orlando uh eve ewing yeah it'll be cool Yeah, it's gonna be a good one yeah and uh so that's it for marvel sort of oh because did you know stan lee if he was still alive would be turning 100 in december wow that's crazy yeah and uh people have pointed out marvel's not doing anything to celebrate that maybe they'll do like a full page ad or something Mm mm-hmm I bring this up because DC is honoring Stanley with Tales from Earth Six, a celebration of Stanley one shot, which is coming out in December. Yeah, uh, announced this week, and uh, it features some people like Michael Uslin, yeah, uh, Mark Wade again. God, he's everywhere. Jerry Ordway, yeah. Kenny Porter, Stephanie Williams, all supplying stories for this anthology one shot. Basically, uh, honoring the Just Imagine. One year, thirteen issue series that Stanley kind of crafted mm-hmm. in two thousand one. Yeah, where he reimagined DC characters in in his own classic spin with uh, alliterative names and uh, <laughs> and, and you were telling me all the names interesting before we started. Yeah, Wayne Williams, uh, Maria Mendoza, Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, this is this is really cool. I never thought we'd see more of these characters, and uh, it's nice that they've assembled like an all star team as well as like. A ton of incredible variant covers from Steve Beach, yeah. Riley Rossmo, uh, Clayton Henry, Christian Ward, Kelly Jones. I mean, this is this so is many. really exciting. Mm-hmm. This was a really cool way to I, honor him. You too. know, I I wouldn't say that I particularly loved any of those stories back in the day, but I I yeah. do really dig. Uh, I I remember thinking that they were like a fun experiment, and so I, I I'm mm-hmm. glad that they're mm-hmm. they're kind of revisiting this Kelly Jones. It's so right that they got Kelly Jones to do um, Stan Lee's Sandman. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, really trippy. Really cool. Yeah. uh, I'm surprised Marvel didn't have anything planned. Maybe they kind of, like, they forgot that he would have turned 100 or something. Or or maybe it just, yeah, I don't know, because it would have been in the solicits, right? Yeah, it should have been. I mean, it's possible they could whip something up really fast mm-hmm. and r- announce it. It's all. Soon. It's also always so hard to tell, like what's been pushed back because of supply chain issues and stuff like that, too. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, but I, I, you're right. I certainly hope that there's something in the works. Yeah. Well, they have to now. DC just uh, <laughs> threw the gauntlet down. Threw gave him an uppercut. Down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also, sort of DC related, mm. but also image. Well, not really image related, actually. Um, new story details and art was revealed for Tom McFarlane and Greg Capullo's Batman Spawn number so one. Stoked! <laughs> the third crossover for the characters. Yeah, um, they're also releasing a trade paperback collecting the first two stories, which I just pre-ordered. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like seventeen ninety nine, and it's uh, like this nice, like prestige format, like ninety six pages, something like that. It's nice. it's worth it. It it looks really good. The new series is obviously written by Todd, drawn by Capullo. Um, something that's kind of, we, we got some preview art on AIPT if you want to check it out, but mm-hmm. something that kind of uh, seemed a little surprising to me was yeah. that 
The cover treatment shows DC, but not image. There's no image logo. I thought that was interesting, too. I don't know. So did Todd just, like, go rogue? I mean, he owns the character, so he can do whatever he wants. I mean, but, like, it's probably DC handling, you know, publishing and stuff like that. So yeah. that, that makes sense to me. Maybe there'll be an image logo on the back or something. Maybe, um, maybe. The classic... Or maybe every dollar goes into Todd's pocket. Right. The classic <laughs> collection uh, has both logos on the front. So right. I think that... Mm-hmm. But that also reflects the fact that that was definitely like a joint production. Right. Yeah, because usually with crossovers, like anybody, IDW, DC, mm-hmm. Marvel, IDW, whatever, they usually have both logos on the cover. Right. But yeah, this is just a one-shot, uh, extra-sized, uh, should be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. Capullo... Love that main cover. I think Tom McFarlane's on record saying Capullo's the best uh, Spawn artist ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's drawn him quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, he in one of the press releases he was talking about, I've done uh, over 100 issues. Or, like, I've done, between the two, I've done over 100 issues for these characters. So it just seems, like, so right to come back to them. Totally, yeah. Um, and his style is so iconic. Yeah. Also, there's a, there's a one out of 666 signed variant of the main cover, which is uh, kind of exciting. Yeah, that is cool. Also cool, yeah. DC announced a new Sandman universe series called Dead Boy Detectives. Yay. It's only a miniseries. Yeah. Uh, but our buddy Pornsack Pitchashot, who was on the show, gosh, last two years ago? February, now? talking about the launch what of the Good time? Asian. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> uh, with Jeff uh, Stokely, will be uh, producing this with uh, Mikel Morto on colors and Hassan Otsman Elhu on letters. Yeah. I'm so, so excited about this. I am not super familiar with the Dead Boy Detective, but oh. I know a lot of people are because they were super pumped when they saw this news. Yeah, yeah. The Dead Boy Detectives uh, were first introduced during Sandman, and they've gotten their own uh, books and miniseries. There's actually a, well, I mean, who knows now with all the Warner Discovery stuff, but there's a, mm. they were featured on the last season of Doom Patrol, and there's supposed to be oh, a, a new series yes, in the yes, works. Yes, yes. Um, cool. so yeah, I, I love, love to see these characters back, love this creative team and, uh, yeah, just really, really exciting. Yeah. Picture Show was saying it's definitely a horror book, uh, as the boys yeah. discover Thai black magic's getting more powerful in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Yeah. So and they're, they're, cool. ex- they're, uh, exploring a series of deaths and dis- disappearances that have occurred over the course of like 50 years. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be awesome yeah so excited we should have uh we should have him on the show again. i'd love to absolutely <laughs> and also these variant covers are gorgeous yeah, it's an isn't it incredible how many variant covers there are these days i know especially it's for gonna like, be more than ever it, you know like this time it, last year we were so sure that like the sandman universe was on its way out too like we were afraid yes. they were all gonna get canceled and now they're still you know they're still going along with these you know smaller you know s- smaller release less releases and, yeah, uh, but they're yeah. still, I don't know, they're still doing great work. Makes me yeah, because so Nightmare Country, I th- believe it's ongoing. There's no like end to it necessarily right. yet. But uh, there was like a period where we didn't have any. Right. I G. Will Wilson was doing the uh, the Dreamings uh, book there for yeah. a little while. But... And then there was another yeah. There was another miniseries that got canceled that was supposed to revisit characters from the Doll's House. And mm-hmm. there was, uh, what, a House of Whispers was canceled and... Yep, constant or Hellblazer was canceled. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad to see that they're kind of ramping these back up, but you know, also being a little careful about it too. If uh, Netflix can get off their butts and uh, renew Sandman the show, oh my gosh, it, it seems insane that there's not <laughs> been a renewal announcement, right? Yeah, I mean, 
I am sure the a second season would cost a fortune, but sure. still, <laughs> I want it. Let's go. Let's go. Um, speaking of uh, scheduling, yeah. uh, DC also announced Danger Streets getting a new release date, uh-huh. which is December 13th, uh, which is quite a ways from when it was originally supposed to launch May 3rd. Right. Uh, but Tom King and Jorge Fornes' uh, series will launch in December, which is great news. Right. Uh, they also released a pretty a nifty little trailer, which is cool as well. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see because I I remember when this was announced and I was so hyped for it and then it just yeah. didn't come out and uh, yeah 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 I mean a book that features Manhunter, Starman, Metamorpho like yes please <laughs> yeah it's it's all drawing from a, a book called First Issue Special uh-huh. which is a deep deep cut that probably most people haven't read uh-huh. uh, but it's a well right and I think King and Fornes could do yeah. a great job uh, pulling some uh, some cool stories out of well, that. Well the, the the funny the fun idea of first issue special was that you know they would do they would give a character a spotlight and then they'd decide okay or if this is if people like this one then we'll do a full series. So right. this introduced you know uh, Atlas and uh the creeper and there's a, a warlord Mike Grell's warlord came out of the series. Um I believe if I'm not mistaken, it's the the Michael Thomas version of uh, Starman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, really really cool. If it does well, I could imagine it looks like something that could be a TV show. Like it looks really relatable. Sure. Uh, DC also shed some new light on Dark Crisis on Infinity Earth, Sir Sir, it's number seven seven seven, the last issue of the uh, the summer event. Uh-huh. Uh, not a ton of detail, although there is a huge spoiler technically in the solicit. And uh, if you don't want to know the spoiler, scrub ahead 10 seconds. Yeah. Okay, so the Great Darkness is already defeated. What? Right. And now it's just about defeating Deathstroke and his dark army. Yeah. Kind of weird. I would think the Great Darkness would be the bigger threat. Man, the the (laughs) pace... I don't know. The pacing of this miniseries is baffling to me. (laughs) You just keep saying you want more Deathstroke on this show. Oh, I I always say... Yeah, I always say how much I think Deathstroke is the sensational character find... Uh, Didn't you say he's better than Batman? You said that one time. I can't even joke about this. I can't do a bit about it. No, I, it is so weird. Like, I feel like I wa- I read like three issues where not a whole lot happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Great Darkness is going to be defeated before the book's over. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's so strange. Yeah. The the bigger kind of like hook of this news was that the they're kind of promising a dawn of the DCU. They're mm-hmm. it's, they're essentially saying it's going to launch the new DCU in 2023, whatever that means. Complete with like a godlike image of Nightwing floating <laughs> yeah. among the infinite Earths. Um, kind of weird, right? And I, I mean, yeah, it's that's it's interesting. Also, the return of that uh, sort of composite Batman from Mark Wade's <laughs> Batman yeah. Superman series. And, you know, that's on variant covers so far, mm-hmm. and sometimes variant covers lie, but since he's on two variant he's covers... He's on two of them. One of them where makes he's me think throwing he's down. It. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Josh Williamson, who's writing that series, yeah. uh, he also launched a substack called Super Scary Substack, uh-huh. which will feature uh, a new Nailbiter anthology, yeah. which will eventually see print at Image Comics. That's but, exciting. Yeah, so if you're a Nailbiter fan, this is like a no-brainer to sign up for his yeah, substack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, has the usual pricing of seven dollars a month, mm-hmm. two fifty if you're a founder, seventy dollars per year. Uh, but uh, you get uh, the anthology tr- trade paperback mm-hmm. if you uh, if you're one of the higher tiers. I also think it's really cool that he's doing like he's posting digital copies of his script, so you can get an idea of like yeah. how he like structures those. 
They're also going to be working on a nail biter tabletop game, which mm-hmm. is kind of neat. Um, personally, I'm not like a huge nail biter guy. I'm a little surprised they're going all in on nail biter as like the main thing of the Substack. Yeah, like the the title of the Substack, Super uh-huh. Scary Substack, makes me think there will be like other horror elements. Sure. Now Williamson does say he'll talk about you know process. He'll talk yeah. about horror stories in general so they'll be like that i think the nail biter fan base is like focused enough that that's that's a good way to sort of uh break into it and then he can kind of go off from there yeah but then also matthew Mm. rosenberg announced his ashcan press comics corporation substack he already had a substack that was free right there was no price tiers uh but this is you can pay and he'll be launching six new series with six different creators, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, and basically, once again, like all Substacks, you'll be able to see the creative process as they're working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually, the books will probably end up at publishers in print uh, eventually. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, there's some there's some really good creators great here. Great talent here, yeah. Uh, Juan Ferreira, uh, Jordi Belair, Andy McDonald. Yeah, this is really cool. It's cool that they're like just like saying specifically six series two. Like you know, yes. there's a deliverable there because yeah, like yeah, not to knock other substacks, but sometimes they just say that it'll ha- something will come yeah, from it. You're gonna get nothing does content. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how many people actually care about the creative process, mm-hmm. but uh, that seems to be the main like selling point of a lot of these. Right. Right. Speaking of creative process, do you know how many GI Joes there are? <laughs> oh, so many. Uh, IDW has re- released the solicit and covers for their G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 300, which is their last issue at IDW. Right. They're losing the license. Uh, no one has picked up the license, by the way, for 2023, but they're losing it in 2022. Wow. Uh, Larry Hama is uh, uh, writing, and uh, it'll be drawn by uh, a couple different artists. Uh, it's S.L. Gallant, inks mm-hmm. by Maria Keene, colors by Jay Brown. Um, but <laughs> part of the news was they're breaking records with this cover that features the most characters on a cover ever, 313 of them. Right. And it's just a bunch of G.I. Joes sort of standing in an amphitheater while uh, a couple G.I. Joes in the front on the on the stage, so to speak, it's are Im- fighting. It's, it's impressive for sure. It, but I, I keep coming back to this 300 thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm assuming that's legacy numbering. That's like, let's pick up from previous series or something like that. Because uh-huh. I know like just two yeah. years ago, we had a G.I. Joe series that uh, what started with a number one. So it's just, it's always right, funny to right, me when right. when this happens. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's cool that they, that Hama's getting to kind of put a button on it. Yeah, the uh, the news that went up on AAPT, he's, there's a lot of quotes mm-hmm. by him talking about like just you know, what it means to be doing this for so long and, you know, saying goodbye to the characters. Uh, I, I assume someone will pick up the license eventually, but I don't know. It's not like the most lucrative uh, le- uh, license out there, you know? Not at the moment, no. I mean, we, we had a movie last year that no one went to go see. I mean, part of that was because it was released <laughs> yeah. only to theaters during a pandemic. But yeah, right. uh, it, it'll be interesting. It's, it's weird to think that there won't be a G.I. Joe book on the shelf. The big hook of the of this final issue mm-hmm. is that people are being resurrected, villains and heroes. Yeah. So Everyone's GI there. Joes that have been dead will be back to fight. Nice. <laughs> In other indie comics news, All Against All was announced, a brutal sci-fi series oh, launching from Image. This looks so um, good. By Alex Packnadel and Casper Wijengard. Uh Love Casper's work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex uh, calls it, what if Tarzan were the xenomorph from Alien? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pretty uh, yeah. nifty hook, if I if I say so myself. Hell so basically, yeah. 
Uh, it does look like Tarzan on on the uh, covers, right? Uh, and there's actually a preview on APT if you want to go check it out. But uh, a, a, a wacky, wild sort of idea. Yeah, Earth is long gone, but a race of alien conquerors known as the Operators have preserved its most savage animals. Interesting. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. Also announced, Hexware, which is being dubbed Cyberpunk 2077, meets Devil May Cry in an anime style. <laughs> okay, by Tim Seeley. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm in. <laughs> uh, this is coming out of... Um, uh, Sorry, uh, Mirko Andolfo's uh, Italian production company. Mm-hmm. So they're like co-creating it with Image Comics, which is kind of neat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, the art looks Lo- pretty cool. Yeah. The covers look really cool. Love the character designs here. Love the vibe. Uh, I'll the concept be checking makes this sense. One out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it for news. Oh, my Lord. So much news. Whew, I'm so tired. I'm going to have to take a nap. What, can you just like talk for the rest of the show? Sure thing. So... No. Uh, <laughs> Very, very, very certain of yourself. <laughs> yeah, for someone who petered out after, uh. In our next segment, our topics of the week, we're going to talk about our top two favorite comics out this week. What was your second favorite book of the week, Nathan? I loved Spider-Punk number five by Cody Ziegler and Justin Mason. This was the grand finale of the miniseries. Uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil and Riri Williams and all the, all the whole spectacular Spider-Band uh, got together to defeat Norman Osborn and his flunkies. And it's just a big old fight. Uh, but it's so much fun. Justin Mason goes off with like a six page spread. Mm. Uh, just one of the one of the truly wildest uh, action scenes I've seen in a comic in a minute. And uh, yeah, it's just it's it's so full of that, you know, positive mental attitude you want from from the best punk rock and hardcore music where they're just they're pushing back. They're going to make the, they're going to save the day and then they'll worry about cleaning up the mess later. And, uh, I just, I don't know. There's, there's so much positivity in this book that I just really responded to. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I can't wait to see what Justin's up to next. I know. Absolutely. And we already know what Cody's up to. <laughs> yeah. I bet he'll do a couple covers for Miles Morales. I hope so. I was, I was honestly like, as much as I love Vicentini, I was like, man, I really, kind of wish they were sticking together but i i also i don't know we'll see we'll see maybe he'll mm-hmm. do some fill-ins or something totally uh my second favorite book of the week was there's something wrong with patrick todd number three yeah. by ed burson and gavin goodry probably we talked a little bit about this series with ed when he was on the show a few weeks ago yeah that's um, right the first issue amazing second issue a little slow for me third issue great again yeah um the uh, main character interacts i would say with the uh, the villain who wants to kill him but some interesting tidbits from this villain to basically suggest our main character who mm-hmm. can control minds might have parents that did some terrible things may have been superheroes themselves um the book is, in general is very like steeped in reality yeah uh, i mean there's a chase scene where our main character is running through like uh, back backyards while mm-hmm. the bad guy like is busting through fences with his shoulder. It's a great, um, great chase scene. Yeah. I mean, th- it's not like he's super powered and flying around, you right. know, like he's actually a human being. He just has this power that he can control and, lines. And he's also just, he's not really concerned with it. You know what I mean? Like he just, yeah. he's just like a machine. It's very Terminator esque almost. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The villain has this special helmet. He knows he can't be controlled, mm-hmm. but I don't think he has any powers beyond that right. besides his machete. And just sheer determination of will. <laughs> that said, though, like, uh, the book ends with him surrounded by police. I don't know yeah. how he's going to get out of that one if he just has a machete. <laughs> right. But we'll see. 
Um, uh, there's also a really good subplot with a detective character who is reeling from some of the horrors, the violence that he's been seeing in these crime scenes. Uh, again, like adding like this level of reality we don't typically see in, mm-hmm. in stories with superheroes, right? Like yeah. they usually gloss over that like more realistic, gritty kind of element, right? Uh, so there's like really nothing else like it out there right now. I don't think as far as like superpowered characters interacting in a very real world. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a market for it because there's been some really good movies even like that have kind of been able to show both sides of the superhero and real world. At the oh same yeah, time. no doubt. Uh, what was your favorite book of the week, though? Uh, my favorite book of the week was The Silver Coin, number 14, by Pornsock Pitcheshote and Michael Walsh. This um, this story is called The Bad Year and follows a couple named Lauren and Darren who basically were trying to make their relationship better when COVID hit and everything mm-hmm. shut down and everybody got stuck inside and nobody trusted anybody anymore. And then... Uh, you know, sort of seeing the events of that year unfold through the lens of a crumbling relationship of people who are trying to understand one another, but just cannot. And, Mm. uh, and mixed in with that is this terrifying body horror filled, uh, slasher esque chase sequence that keeps jumping back and forth in time. Mm. Um, the structure of this issue is, I think, perfect. The flashbacks are really well done, and you can see them getting cleaner and and more put together as it goes backwards in time. And uh, you can really chart like the disintegration of their trust here, and you can right. see the moments where it started to like rear its head. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like. The, the dialogue in this issue is so incredible. The uh, conversations are so relatable. I can certainly uh, relate to some of these arguments and some of these feelings of what do you do when you can't leave your home, but you want to change the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, this is, this this issue reminded me also like why Porn Sucks, one of my favorite writers in comics right now. For, I, I read the book too. I I, I really love the structure. Yeah, the way it goes back in time. That's so cool. Yeah. For for me though, like to see people washing their groceries, I was like, <laughs> oh god, I do not want to remember those I days. Know. No, it, it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough read. Like it bummed yeah. me out, but I I also yeah. was just like, man, this this is so honest and so so good. Yeah, it's it was really cool to see the the them team up uh, Walsh and, and Pitcher Soap. Yeah, and then also to see like all the various coin avatars kind of popping up together in this story was really cool. Yeah, that I think that usually happens near the end of the arc, right? Right. right. They did that in the last the first story arc mm-hmm. uh, ended with that. So I think I think next because they've been doing like arcs of five, I believe. So I think next week or next month's issue should be like the conclusion of arc three. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've announced. Have they announced the third uh, set of creators? I don't think they have. have Not they? yet, no. Yeah, I'd love to see the series continue. Me too. It's been so good. Uh, my favorite book of the week was Venom Number 10 by Al Ewing and Brian Hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, <laughs> this is not a book that, like, uh, you know, your classic Venom fan might love. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's not eating brains and kicking ass and fighting, you know, supervillains. This is quite a uh, mind-bending story sure. and idea uh, where if you haven't been reading it in the last couple issues, we've been seeing Eddie Brock, who is in, uh, in a symbiote. He has no body anymore. Mm-hmm. And we've learned that you can travel through time via symbiote. 
and um there's this character called Meredith, who is this big scary villain mm-hmm. i would call something out of like the cell the movie the cell oh sure like a like this like godlike character that is so certain and so like clean and so like i don't know calm yet he's so evil but also like As, has these moments where he becomes like an hr giger-esque monstrosity <laughs> right right uh, and this issue is incredibly revealing as far as who these other symbiotes are in this garden in the far, far future. Uh-huh. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's really trippy. There are multiple identities uh, uh, that are all kind of connected in a way. And Eddie learns that there's no way to escape this time travel jumping around because he is uh, connected to all these other symbiotes in a, in a, in a surprising way. But there yeah. is a seventh symbiote we haven't met yet that may be the way for him to escape this. Uh, but... Yeah, just crazy time travel stuff. And also, there's like callbacks to previous issues. So, you know, when Ron V's story arc was going in the first uh, story arc, like we saw certain things that actually we uh, find out more information about, about how in it actually scenes. played out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a book that I think is going to read way better when it's all collected because then you'll just get it all in one. Mm-hmm. Because as far as like a serial story, there's been some chapters where you're like, wait, why did I have to just relive that moment from a previous issue? Right, right. But I can't believe what they've done with Venom at Marvel. Like, this is something I said in my review. Like, you very rarely see a legacy character. Mm. And now I know he's a relatively new character compared to others like Superman or Spider-Man. Sure. But to see a legacy character get such a huge change to their identity. Oh, yeah. Not only Stegman and Kate's, you know, basically adding to the symbiote mythology mm-hmm. with uh, the King in Black and, and Null and all that. But now we've got this idea of you being able to cha- like jump through time via symbiote. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so wild because you, especially with that Lethal Protector miniseries coming out this year, that really reminds you of what this character used to be. Not that that was necessary. like one is better than the other, but it is it is truly wild to see that evolution on the stands at the same time. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Now, you know, with any, with anything in superheroes mm. and serial stories, who knows, maybe all this will be washed away and he'll be eating brains in a couple of years again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, for a character that was originally just really cool looking, uh, yeah. it's really exciting and refreshing to see uh, these really good writers and creators and artists bringing their A-game to change this character and elevate them. Into Absolutely. Something. Taking huge chances. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, so those are our top four comics of the week. Yeah. In our next segment, standout. Kapow! <laughs> Moment of the week. We're talking about our favorite panel or page of the week. Uh-huh. I'll go first. <laughs> I really loved... Uh, I actually uh, almost had Batman vs. Robin on my top two books of the week. It was a lot of fun. It's real good. Yeah. Lots of... Act- uh, Mah- Mahmoud Asrar's art is incredible. Yes. Mark Wade is definitely playing around with some cool tropes. Yeah. Uh, but there's a moment where Batman... In this issue, and you'll if you can see this art on AIPTComics.com, uh-huh. this podcast post, uh, he's being attacked by some magic wielders yeah. in the Batcave, and one of them has uh, the T Rex that is you know famously in the Batcave has come alive, <laughs> yeah, and is attacking him and literally throwing one of the Batmobiles uh, up into the air, knocking a, a very Anton First esque Batmobile to the air. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And this main character is riding the, or not main character, this this villain is riding the this kid <laughs> yeah. in like sweats, yeah. by the way, 
is riding the T-Rex and just charging Batman. And uh, it's just, this is like the epitome of Kapow. Like, what the hell? I love, like, let me some Jakeem Thunder. <laughs> I love the idea of the T-Rex coming alive, though. Oh, yeah, it's it's fun. Like, it. this is, and this is what I'm thinking this whole series is going to be, right? It's like, just big, big moments like this. Totally, yeah. Uh, what was your favorite moment of the week? Um, my favorite moment of the week is one that uh, Cody Ziggler hinted at the last time he was on the show. Uh, it's from Spider-Punk number five. And I rem- I asked him, or we, we mentioned the Spider-Punk skin from hmm. uh, Marvel's Spider-Man, the, the PS4 game. And yeah. I said, you know, I always love equipping his special move because he hits uh, a, a, a chord <laughs> on the guitar and it knocks everyone away. Are we going to see yeah. something like that? And he goes like, you did say that. You're like, you're going to be very happy with the last issue. <laughs> and sure enough, fucking the mad lads did it. Uh, Hobie pulls out a guitar, gets supercharged by Ironheart and blasts away all the villains with the with one s- smash of the guitar. It's so great. I love it so much. I that it literally just made me smile and I think that that's that's a tall order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you suppose their eardrums are doing? <laughs> I mean, I think all the all the heroes are deaf now. Uh <laughs> but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's such a comics everybody moment you know yeah totally totally which is kind of what this segment's all about absolutely which well i mean i was just talking about a freaking t-rex that came alive yeah right and <laughs> <laughs> our next segment topics for the next week we're going to talk about our f- most anticipated comic out next week yeah. i can't wait for batman one bad day two face number one by Mirko tamaki yeah javier fernandez this is the second month of the one bad day uh one shots right and uh now it's two faces turn last month it was riddler with tom king and mitch Dredd. great issue yeah, so I'm. I have high hopes that this will be really cool. Yeah, Two Face is not my most uh, favorite Batman villain. Sure. He's kind of. I feel like they've kind of done everything they can with the character, be it you know he's cured and yeah. then he's like Batman's brother. And a few and, times uh, they've done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm very curious to see how Tamaki and Fernandez can pull this off. But under the idea of a one shot of the character being more brutal, more violent, possibly more scary in a, in a real sense yeah. is, is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, it, on league of comic geeks, they, they do mention that the, the solicitation is like hard to read. Like the, the solicit yeah. text is yeah. like really hard yeah. to follow. So I don't, I'm not really sure what to expect from the story, but like, I love this creative teams and uh, I think they may have some, have some fun with Harvey Dent. It's funny you say that on League of Geeks of ComicGeeks.com, yeah. one of the comments is this is the most confusing solicitation yeah, I've ever read. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, there's some oh, people where oh, they're yeah. like, it seems like it's like put through Google Translate. That's funny. What is your most anticipated book next week? Uh, my most anticipated book for next week is Exterminators number one by Leah Williams and Carlos Gomez. Uh, this is a it's been described as a sort of grindhousey horror action book. Uh, starring Jubilee, Boom Boom, Dazzler, and uh, and Wolverine, all fighting against vampires. <laughs> yes, and, they are. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, just uh, trying to have a gal's night out and reconnect in the midst of this like terrifying experience. And uh, it just sounds really fun, really exciting, really strange. And mm-hmm. uh, you know what? If Leah Williams is writing an X Men book, I'm there. Totally. I did an advanced review a few weeks ago yeah. 
Um, and I was the only press to do one. I don't know why. Oh wow, so weird. Because it was a, it was sent to a certain press. Uh, I don't know who, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, cool. Think of it like Grindhouse, yeah. B movie style. That's and yes, there are vampires. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> It's funny, actually, this is a bit of a spoiler, but they make the point that the vampires are bad ones. They're not good vampires. <laughs> sure. So when they murder them all, it's okay. It's totally fine. <laughs> good stuff. None of them are twinkling. In our uh, next segment, judging by the cover, Junior, mm-hmm. we have our favorite cover art out next to you. What do you got? Uh, I love Kyle Hotz's variant cover for Carnage number six. Uh, again, very kind of H.R. Giger inspired, but uh, yeah. Carnage is almost, uh, Carnage is heading to hell in the mm-hmm. series right now. And this uh, takes the route of making him look almost angelic. There's a a halo pattern around his head and his various tentacles and tendrils are forming uh what look almost like wings but also like a dna helix there's just so much oh yeah one of the things i love about hots uh, is that all uh, all of the work like it all looks so intricate and Mm -hmm. and uh and sort of tangible in a weird way it's really cool really pretty but also like in a disturbing way. Also, we don't normally see, like, I, I feel like we associate drool with venom, usually. And there's <laughs> uh-huh. a, this is just a very, it's a very viscous cover. Oh, yeah, sure. For sure. I do not want to see that. I don't want to walk into a, open a door and walk into a room and see that. <laughs> right. Right. No, no, it's terrifying. <laughs> it is. It really is. Kyle Hotz is so good. He's so good. Absolutely. And, and normally, like, uh, lately kind of goes for more... Uh, sort of whimsical covers and so mm. this one was like a really nice surprise to see something this like creepy and deranged mm-hmm. for sure uh, my favorite cover comes from edge of spider verse number four by tyler kirkman this is a variant cover mm-hmm. that is the opposite of your cover <laughs> this is great i do love this it one. is spider ham go uh, again go to aptcomics.com to see the cover in full but uh yes. spider ham spider ham right? yeah spider ham yeah uh, swinging in uh, the Todd McFarlane-esque cover style. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the, the bottom of his foot, you can see it says ham. ham on the tread. Yeah, on the tread. And uh, I don't know. It's just the kookiness of it is 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 there, but it's also cool. Oh, no I think doubt. Maybe because of the yeah. iconic pose of it, uh, which is, I think, one of the most famous Todd McFarlane Spider-Man covers. Definitely. It's homaging here. I also, I, I almost went with a Spider-Verse cover. There's a, uh, Helen Chen has a really great Spinstress uh, variant that I just thought oh, yeah, was so I'm, pretty. I'm looking at that right now. There's also another version of this cover where uh, he, there's like title treatment behind him. Yeah, sort of like the Amazing says, Spider-Man 300 cover. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, very cool. But uh, this is a fun series. Like it's yeah. basically introducing new Spider-Man characters uh, throughout the multiverse yeah. and allowing new creators to kind of just go crazy. Yeah, and this one's an interesting one. They've, they've brought in folks outside of the comics realm as well. The, the writers have come from away. The, the Broadway yeah. show are, are, doing, are writing the Spinstress story, which is sort of they a should... Disney-inspired uh, Spider-Verse story. What was that Broadway Spider-Man show called? Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Oh, yes, that's right. By Edge and uh, Bono. Yeah, they would come out on stage every night and be like, Spider-Man, turn off the dark. And then they'd leave. (laughs) Are you kidding? Is that real? No, that's that's not real. real. (laughs) It should be. I wish. God, people would show up just for that part. I want a movie about the making of that show. Uh, There is a really great book about the making of Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark, that I think is worth a read. 
Like the only evidence of it even existing is that one time they were on, I forget which late night Letterman. show. And they did, yes, and they did one of the songs, they like did, Green Goblin. They also were on uh, the Today Show and they did like the, the Sinister Six song. And it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen on television. It's so it's, strange. What is that? There's like a Blade woman. She's like made of blades. Swiss Miss. I am obsessed <laughs> with this show. <laughs> You know everything. You know everything. I, I, the, the, that was one of the characters that Julie Taymor created before she was fired from the show. And so they right. were like, well, we built this extremely expensive costume that we have to use. That's not in canon, not in the comics. Right. Ridiculous. Well, anyway, in our next <laughs> segment, Ryan Stegman joins us to talk about Vanish Number 1. It's out in just a few days, September 21st. Uh, and we're going to talk about some other stuff, too. Ryan Enjoy. Stegman, turn off the dark. On with us is Ryan Stegman. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the AIPT Comics Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know you've probably done a lot of press with AIPT2 uh, for Vanish, but uh, for the listeners who don't know, what is the uh, elevator pitch for Vanish? The elevator pitch is, uh, you know, I've said this so many times now, but it's basically uh, like kind of the the chosen one trope meets Inglorious Bastards, you know, so like a Harry Potter or... You know, that's that's the that's the most recent, you know, chosen one type story. And uh, so basically it's it's what happens after the chosen one succeeds in their you know childhood. And it's his life now is all kind of uh, in shambles like a child star, you know, who who peaked when they were young. And um, he starts to, you know, see things out there in the world and you don't know what's real and what's not and who's the hero and who's the villain. So. All the Donnie, Donnie and Ryan bullshit that we do. <laughs> I got to review it uh, a couple weeks ago, in fact, advanced review, and I was blown away. Like, I just, it, typical you and Donnie, like, you turn the page, something crazy happens. You turn the page, there's a twist. Uh, right. the, I think the cliffhanger is just stellar. Uh, I think I compared it to, like, the authority in the sense that there are superheroes out there that may need to be stopped. Uh, yeah. So, and, our, and our hero is kind of at the center of that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, those are the things that we love. And that is kind of, you know, the magic of what Donnie does when he writes is he's he always keeps you on your toes. So even like even like figuring out the story together and everything, it, it's kind of exciting because of, because of how good he is at, you know, twisting your expectations all along the way. I you know, it's it's this is a really unique pro, uh, project in part because it sort of launched on Substack, essentially. Mm -hmm. And you got to show super fans, me included, I was one of the founders, I think, um, you know, art as it was coming in, designs, pages even, um, mm -hmm. you know, with that, you've got Stegman and Friends, you're really, you know, popular podcast as well. You've got KLC Press, uh, all of that going on. You're basically, you know, an empire at this point. Yeah, definitely an empire. <laughs> I'm, I mean, uh, you know, just raking in billions of dollars. <laughs> so rich. Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoy all that stuff though. That like I don't I don't necessarily like uh running a business per se. Sure. Um I've kind of found that to be tedious, but the um I enjoy being able to communicate with people and having people have access to um the behind the scenes stuff because uh it's just um that's what I that's what I liked when I was growing up. I feel like, you know, we've always we always have um, you know, great comic book websites and you know but there was this the the wizard thing where they would go in depth with a creator yeah wizard that's kind so of good. hard to, hard to to replicate and mm -hmm. so this is my way of trying to replicate that type of thing how has it been unveiling vanish 
uh, to the fans via your Substack, and now having a launch in just a couple days? Um, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> you know, it, it took a little while to get out to get our feet underneath us because it's just a it's just a whole different thing when you're doing a creator own book. Um, but you know, getting to show it and communicate with people all along the way was really fun and motivating. You know, like it it's almost like it is coming out on Wednesday. Yeah. And that I'm sure that's going to be a whole thing, mm-hmm. but I can't even wrap my head around it because I've lived with it for so long and right. I've shared it with the people on the Substack, and, you know, there, there's a lot of hardcore fans there and they've, you know, the feedback has, you know, really kept us, you know, moving forward. And um, so, yeah, like I said, it's, it's actually, I, I, I keep forgetting it's like hard to comprehend that it is coming out and that it's gonna there's gonna be a whole new audience for it right yeah because it's slowly it's you've gotten response from fans by practically page by page right right yeah yeah yeah, for sure and you know that's unfortunately um you know it's like that social media thing where you need the dopamine hit so that (laughs) that that stuff sometimes If if I had waited this long for a book to come out, I think I would have gone stir crazy. Like at Marvel, I wouldn't have been mm. able to show it as I was working on it. But uh, this way, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, get that, you know, I, I didn't lose my mind as much as you would think doing this. Would you have done anything differently with the way you kind of were unveiling Vanish on your Substack if you were to go back and do it again? I don't think so. I mean, um no, I, I I think that we I think that this is probably the the right way to handle it. I mean, you know, next month, the people on the Substack will be get, getting um, issue two when it when it's when the proof is finalized. Um, I just saw a rough cut of that today. Nice. By the way, um, and you know that we'll just be releasing now that we actually have the books coming out. I'm pretty excited to just keep having stuff on there and and things that people can see. I'm sure there are like you know, comics aficionados out there going, will this affect the sales since, since fans have seen it already and have been seeing it for months and months, was there any fear of like giving it away too much for your Substack subscribers? No. I mean, I know what the subscriber numbers are and they pale in comparison to what we sold. Uh-huh. Um, and so if you really think of, like the, the Substack, you know, there's, you know, however many paid subscribers that get to see it. And that's just such a, drop in the bucket of what will sell through retailers. So really I, I wouldn't be worried about my sales. Like we did, you know, we, we had a good deal with Substack. We, you know, made good money on it and everything, Yeah. but I, I didn't want the retailers to lose money. And I don't, mm. I think that it actually probably enhanced the, um, the orders that the retailers put in, like because of the excitement that we were able to drum up on there. You're, you're, you haven't been shy about saying, you know, this is sort of an ode in a sense or an homage even to nineties comics mm-hmm maybe the image era, early image era. What were some right. of your favorite 90s comics? Well, I mean, I was, a, I, I started out in, when I got into comics, so I was, you know, I, I always liked Spider-Man. I would always draw Spider-Man. I didn't have that many Spider-Man comics. I just didn't have access. You know how, like, if you didn't have somebody taking you to the store, to the comic book store, you didn't have comic books. Um, so I, uh, the first comic book that I bought at the store um, when I got into comics, I was like 14 years old and I uh, bought uh, Spawn issues 46 and 47. Mm. And um, that, I mean, I was hooked immediately and I had to have, I went back, got every single issue up to that. You know, I have, I still have my 
I had to mail away for a, a trade of the first five issues of Spawn and it's signed by Todd. And it, it took, I, I, you know, at the time, mail order stuff, you mail something in and then they mail you something back. It probably right. took like three months to get this thing. Um, so yeah, that was my first one. And then I also remember, um, it was like this weird buildup to me suddenly getting into comic books, mm -hmm. you know, like things kept happening and I didn't know that I was into comic books. I just, cause I, again, like I didn't have access to them. Mm. Um, but I remember I had this video game magazine and they had a, a wildcats ad in there. Oh. Um, and it was like the issue one cover wildcats. And I remember copying that cause I love to draw. Right. And you know, I inked it with a Sharpie. I would love to find that someday. Uh, but I, um, so then I, I, I didn't have the Wildcats comic books, but I liked the Wildcats, you know, mm -hmm. and then, uh, so then when I started reading Spawn, I started reading Wildcats, I started, you know, reading, um, all, I think that it wasn't too long after I got into comics that I remember the, the wizard magazine ad of the darkness, mm. um, not ad actually, it was like a little story about how Mark Silvestri was working on this new book with Garth Ennis yeah. and that, that image you know knocked me on my ass and so the darkness was even though that was a little later in the image run that was one of my first you know image comics witchblade all that stuff so yeah i mean it was it was all image for a while i, I actually branched from image into mm. marvel and dc and stuff well a lot of your work which is inked by uh jp meyer it mm -hmm. has like that dark like texturing and and I, like mm -hmm. i think in my review i mentioned the pit for instance, mm -hmm. which had like a lot of that shading that was really cool. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pitt was a big one, too. Um, I mean, there's just I was so in love with that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I still I, I try to remind myself constantly not to lose that excitement, um, mm. not to try to get too smart with my art and not try to try to get cute with it. Just do the thing that I love. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when it, JP started inking me on Ve Venom, uh, I was like, this is the this is the look I've been trying to get this whole time. And when I was inking myself, I just couldn't quite, I wasn't patient enough to do it. Okay. So sometimes I think that JP may, might take longer on pages than I do. Which is <laughs> oh, wow. insane to think about. Yeah. Like he, he just inked that demonized Spider-Man that I put up the other day. And I looked at it and I was like, I can't even imagine how long this took him. You know, it's funny. I was uh, I was reviewing this uh, recent release, uh, the uh, How to Read Comics the Marvel Way, okay. and there's like a they they go through. It's really clever. Like Spider Man's learning how comics are made. Basically, uh, it's uh, written by. Um, I've never seen that book. Christopher Hastings. It just came okay. out, um, but they were releasing it like single issue over the last year. Christopher Hastings writes. Scott Koblish draws. Okay. But uh, I bring it up because. There's like a whole thing about pencilers, but then there's a, a section about inking. And I was a little shocked because it's like, yeah, the inker actually does a lot of the work and the pencilers right. is kind of lazy. <laughs> yeah. But then they That's get to not the... so much anymore. I think that, yeah. that was, that was more, you know, if I've, I've, um, sometimes I'll take art and I'll print it out and put it on my wall. Like I'll blow it up to 11 by 17. Yeah. And I have some old John Buscema pencils to remind myself to try to leave a little more to the mm. inker because, but that used to, you know, a lot of times back then the inker would be finishing the work and they would also be pencilers themselves who just at that time were inking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't think it's so much that way anymore, but they do. There's yeah, this great bit where 
Mysterio is doing a terrible job and then Spider-Man's doing a good job and there's like a comparison. <laughs> it's 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 worth picking up. It's only like 10 bucks. Yeah, I'd love to read that. Um one thing about Vanish that I really adore is your your costume designs and your character designs. Obviously, you had like a, almost like an advantage with the Substack cuz you had probably more mm-hmm. time than ever to mm-hmm. kind of hash this stuff out. Is there a favorite character design you have from Vanish? I really, I mean, I love the main character, Oliver Harrison. Um, I, so I was very, again, like super conscious. I try to stay super conscious of what I'm trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things was I wanted that first image to come out and be the thing that you're like, that people are like, you know, the the 14 year old out there that, that would represent me will see and be like, I need to know more about this character. This is awesome looking. Like, I don't know anything about this story, but I have to read it now. And I think that I uh, I just kept, you know, I kept redesigning him, redesigning him. It, was, it took a lot of revisions um, because it just had to be just right. And then when I finally did that first image, I was like, I think I, I think I got it. Nice. And then I've seen other people draw him now too. And I'm like, hey, this guy looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like yeah. it when you're compared to other artists or if a character is compared to other characters in the past? Or is that yeah. offensive? No, not at all. Um, it's unless the artist is somebody that I think sucks, but, you know. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm gonna just say it, and I'm, I maybe I'll offend you, but I, I thought I, I keep thinking like Humberto Ramos when I see oh, the absolutely. main character, which is okay, awesome. And I'm not saying like, you know, you're ripping yeah. him off or anything like that. It's just like I'm getting a vibe like that, like from his um, what was that vampire comic he did back in the Crimson. 90s? Yeah, Crimson. I was thinking of like Crimson. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm actually gonna look that. I have I have some crimson. I I love Umberto. He's one of my all time favorite artists. He's so. so good. One of the best um, Spider Man artists, along with you. Thank you. Did you see uh, the Superior Spider Man's getting an omnibus? Yeah, yeah. I'm really, About time, I'm really right? hyped for that. I know. Oh, I love that that run. So good. Um, but uh, I, I they a lot of the uh, when I post drawings of um of Oliver Harrison on any social media, a lot of people will come in and they'll, there'll be like six different characters that they say that looks like, you know, blah. like, I think they're like, right. almost like, gotcha. And oh, I'm like, well, shit. If it looks like six characters. <laughs> then I think I just hit on something here. That's right. universal, you know? And I, I, I don't believe that he, you know, I believe that he has his own unique look, um, yeah. but I get, I get the comparisons. I just think that um, that's to me, that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, that that nice. people relate it to, um, something you know because there's you know there there's universal designs you know it's just it mm-hmm. you know it stuff that that works all the time and I think that this has a lot of that plus there's only one issue out right so right you, as you get a first the first story arc second story arc it'll start to define itself as its own and people in 10 years will go hey they're ripping off vanish <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah no I I don't I don't even I don't even think of it as a ripoff I just like what I'm doing, you know, like I would be honored to have somebody do something that, you know, reminded me of Vanish. But uh, yeah, no, I I think that um, you just got a, a, any character that you create, they're going to have, you know, people are going to say it reminds me of, you yeah. know, whatever, because everything's been done at this point. You know, That's how they like kind of connect with it and understand it. Right. Comparison. Yeah. It's the same thing as, you know, when you break in as an artist. um they have to compare you to other artists and it's good when you're getting compared to other artists because the editor then can see what, how you fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, Like some, you know, you would think that you would want 
to be completely unique and you know but i think that almost like makes it hard for editors to cast you because they're like well i don't really know you know like where this where this style fits but if you draw like somebody else then they they can you know they can easily see where you belong plus there's the whole like element of i mean the pitch right like oh it's like harry potter meets da 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 yeah the whole hollywood speak of like comparing two things to make it new things yeah it's it, i i when you it is funny because like i've written some stuff now and unless you have that elevator pitch, mm-hmm. it just dies on the vine because you just get mm-hmm. confused as to what you're trying to do. Um, so it feels kind of like sleazy sometimes to just like break, to distill it into this small little thing. Right. Um, but it's actually, that's how you do it, that you have to do that um, right. in order to have a s- story, essentially. You mentioned in the AIPT written interview that there's uh, some spinoff potential here. When oh, absolutely. You, when you said that, do you mean like, uh, you and Donnie would do a spinoff, or are you thinking maybe the universe expands if this if Vanish does really well and other creators could come in and play? Oh, I'd love to have other creators do it. I mean, Don, you know, there's only so much that we can do. Um, I, you know, I tend to do like eight to ten issues a year of drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I wish that I could do twenty, but it wouldn't look the same, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, my my, I would love to have you know several vanished spinoffs going and but you know that's all pie in the sky is you know we got to keep the sales good and yeah make sure that it all um financially would make sense but yeah absolutely i i i think that that'd be really fun to have other people because you know i as you saw in issue one we we have built this very solid foundation but there's all kinds of directions you can go Mm -hmm. um and so it'd be really fun i think creatively to to see other people take our ideas and run with them the i think it's a double page splash of like the city of this magic yeah. city like that is so cool like just the inner child is like whoa look at all of the stories you could tell here i actually i was actually thinking when i was reading vanish one like this could be a sick video game like an open world video game yeah yeah absolutely well you know w- when we showed um chip my nemesis chip zadarsky issue one <laughs> yeah um he wrote back to me and he's like he was like i want he's like it pissed me off that you guys blew well that you know ever keep yeah I, it's not a big big spoiler but you know we we I, I reveal that and then almost a few pages later it's torn to shreds right right right. and uh, he's like i just wanted more stories there and you, <laughs> you just you drew this thing you created this like world oh sure and yeah. then you were just like kablooey there yeah. it's gone now but That's i'm like funny. you know it we can go back in time we can tell all kinds of stuff yeah in that, you can do flashbacks world. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There's a lot of violence in this too. There, in particular, there's a scene where there's a character like covered in blood, mm-hmm. which again, it reminded me of like, like harder edged, like early nineties comics in some way. Um, when it comes to drawing violence into your books, is there a balance between going too far or not going enough? No, uh, you, I, I want to take it to the extremes that's just what i do that's yeah. what donnie does that's what i do that's what why people gravitate to what we do i don't want it to be discuss. i don't want it to be repulsive right but if somebody is getting torn in half you're going to see their intestines you know that's just <laughs> right that's how it works and that's the stuff you know that's stuff we can't do at marvel i mean mm-hmm. i did a, a spread in king and black and we were actually homaging the moment in siege where sentry oh yeah um rips who does he rip in half 
Um, anyway, I forget. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But we we did Sentry getting ripped in half, and then I had all of his guts and everything in there, and I made them look all like Cthulhu so that they wouldn't. But they 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 shot it down. I had to like remove all that stuff and redo it, and uh, n- not that they were wrong to do that at all, mm-hmm. um, because there was like a lot of negative backlash when they did that in Siege, and um, right. Uh, but so they so they rightfully said we need to scale this back, but um, it was cool looking and would have been better. <laughs> and now now I get to do that stuff. You know I can do whatever I want. So right. you know you definitely still saw some intest- intestines in issue one uh, right away. So it reminds me of how Invincible. I mean there'd be at least a couple flying guts every couple yeah. issues at least, and it, it just got to the point where it became like an artistry of how to make an eye socket like pop out. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That's the beauty of Ryan Atley's work. He he loves that stuff, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like creative violence. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's funny. And since it is not like in a movie, it's it's like a little toned down in a sense, right? It doesn't yeah. feel too close to home. Um, speaking of close to home, you know, I think one of your bosses, in a sense, uh, Todd McFarlane, has a really cool video game. I'm oh, sorry, uh, action figure company going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, vanish action figures, maybe. I mean, if we if we get Vanish action figures made, I hope that it's uh, Todd that makes them for sure. We've talked a little bit about it. You know, it, it's not Todd's a you know incredible businessman, and he he gave us advice on uh, that type of stuff. But um, there's no plans right now. But if it okay. vanishes a hit, so everybody buy tons <laughs> of it. Um, you know, buy it to get the they, toys. Buy it to get the spinoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, I want the toys. I want us to get to the toy point. Like, if we if I can get toys, this was a su- success. I could easily see like a five character action figure line with maybe a bath mm-hmm. thrown in. I'm not sure what oh, the yeah. bath would be, but maybe that character is coming down the line. Yeah, even like Funko Pops would be cool. Oh yeah, uh, true, so. true, true. Um, you know, moving to some Marvel questions. Uh, you're doing incredible Marvel comics covers uh, on mm-hmm. top of doing Vanish. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that work of the indie interior art while doing these incredible covers? It's impossible. I don't know how I'm doing <laughs> it. Uh, I'm stressed out all the time and uh, tired. Uh, but I I love doing covers. Um, I pref- you know I I would never ever ever be just a cover artist. Like yeah. I can't. I enjoy storytelling too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but. They off, you know, like there's some of them. I at one point I told one of the editors, I was like, "Look, you have to stop offering me covers I can't say no to." Because <laughs> like I want to say no to this, but it's freaking Spider-Man doing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I like, I I can't imagine telling 15 year old me that I said no to this. So it was like like there was that Wolverine um, Deadpool cover I did a little while back, mm-hmm. where uh, Wolverine's like slicing Deadpool in half or whatever, and. Yeah, he he offered that, and I had no time. And I was just like, uh, I can't not do a Wolverine and Deadpool cover. So I am I guess I'm in, and I'll figure this out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act for sure. You did a really cool uh, Batman Day sketch that you posted on Saturday. Uh, was that something you just did that day or something you had in hand? No, that's actually old. I don't know. I was trying oh, to figure out how old that was. It's like three or four years old now. There's a fluidity um, to your line that's just so pleasing. The, the yeah, motorcycle that, is just so nice. I really, I, I'm actually, I was looking at that drawing and it's one of those ones where I look at it and I'm like, damn, 
not bad, Ryan. You know, like, <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's plenty of stuff that I see, and I'm like, oh, that's not as good as the I problem remember, is. But... You you do that, and then now all we want is a a, a Batman run by you. Uh, well, hey, I'm I'm here when uh, <laughs> when my contract runs out. You know, I'm still under contract with Marvel. I yeah. have the image stuff going on, but um, you know. I wouldn't mind being Batman rich. Someday, someday we have to have it. And maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe you could write it too, because I know you're doing a Miracle Man story. You're writing and drawing for Miracle Man uh -huh. Zero coming up. Can you tell us anything yeah, about that? that? That's all finished. That was, uh, I did a five-page um, story. Uh, let's see what what can I say. It's it's kind of like what would have happened because you know how Todd McFarlane. It, it seemed like he owned the rights at some point. Yep. I, I think it oh, turned yeah. out that he. I know all the drama rights. around that. Yeah, it was decades of 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 history. It's kind there. of like a little five page story of what would have happened if the the image guys actually owned Miracle Man and uh -huh. were publishing books about about him. So it's not yeah, it's not going to be the smartest thing you've ever read. It's intentionally <laughs> a a fun little romp, but um, yeah, I I did a new Miracle Man design for it that looks Ooh, like you know very cool. That has like a you know that sort of '90s flair to it. So. When did they reach out to you for that? Uh, very late in the game. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I ran up against the deadline deadline on that one. Um, oh. that they, they actually, what happened was, um, initially I said yes to an Amazing Fantasy 1000 story, which oh, okay. I, that came out with uh, Armando Iannucci, a fun story in there. Yeah, um, super fun. And I had said yes to that. And then they the announcement came out that I was working on Miracle Man Zero. And I it, I emailed them. I'm like, am I? I I would. Wow. Um, and they were like, oh, that was just a mix up because they were trying to announce me on Amazing Fantasy. Yeah. And then your name they got put copy pasted. The, yeah. And so so then um they just came to me with, you know, with like a couple weeks before the deadline. They're like, hey, we actually if you want to write and draw something, let's do it. Wow. And so uh, I... It was fate. Yeah, I wrote up a quick thing and um, had a lot of fun drawing it. It's, it's pretty nuts. It's a pretty insane story. Ooh, I can't wait. I have to say, um, ever since the rumblings came out that like Marvel was going to finally have Miracle Man as a property and start using it, there were rumors that you and Donnie would be doing a new Miracle Man series. And mm -hmm. people still think you and Donnie might be the, the people tapped for that uh care to comment <laughs> uh i'm i'm not i'm still working on vanish so okay. <laughs> uh that, that's that's my answer so i mean i love miracle man he's and i think that we would kill it but uh uh no i don't think that's currently happening and then i just wanted to ask i, I keep bringing it up but i just wanted to ask do you have any fond memories of, of drawing superior spider-man that you'd like to share well that was I mean, that was really nuts. Cause think about that. Like, um, I just turned 30. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, I just had, I just had my first kid and, uh, I'm now 41 and, uh, I just look back and I'm like, I wasn't quite, it's just crazy that I got that opportunity that early in on in in my career. Cause I think that I started it when I was like 29 or something. Oh, wow. And, uh, I just, yeah, it was like, my, it's just mind blowing to me that that happened that early in my career. Um, Spider-Man's my favorite, you know, um, I definitely want to do more um, with that character someday. Uh, 
you know, you, you mentioned Batman and, and I do love Batman, but Spider-Man's my guy, you know? So it's kind of surreal that that happened and the way it did. And that, that, you know, Dan Slott, um, he did, you know, possibly the greatest Spider-Man run of all time. And I think that was his high watermark was, was superior Spider-Man, yep. that story arc in there. So, I agree. um, yeah, I guess that it, I, I have nothing but fond memories about working on that. And it was just unreal to have that opportunity and to be working, you know, I mean, I got to, that's when I started like becoming friends with Humberto and who was one of my heroes. It's just so, it's just so strange. You know, you, you, you dream of these things when you're a kid, like this is exactly what you dream of, you know, I, you know, having a hit image book, which I, I will say, you know, technically by the numbers that we did, mm-hmm. it's a hit, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, ha- getting to do, a Spider-Man book that was, I mean, it was massive. I mean, I was on like the, the news, you yeah, know, like I yeah. was going places and all this <laughs> stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just funny to think like this stuff all actually happened, you know? Like, I, you know, I've been reading Spider-Man since I started reading comics. Actually, my first comic was an amazing Spider-Man comic. Um, and I just want to say Superior, I think, is one of the standout story arcs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are, there are eras where, you know, every every issue is just him fighting somebody different and there isn't like a long standing story arc, but superior. Oh my God. It stands out as one of the greatest. I mean, the well, omnibus is 960 pages. Yeah. I think that Dan really hit on something there that it was a new way to explore Spider-Man that we, it's hard to do that. It's yeah. hard to find a new angle and uh, it was totally fresh and unique. And I, I, I mean, it was, I think that it's, it's had a lot of imitators since then, sure. which is, you know, again, like I said, like it, that's, that's flattering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the, it was so interesting because everybody was there in an uproar about what was going on in there. Yeah. And then they all read it and anybody that read it came up to me and said, I hated this going in and <laughs> now I love it. And they, um, you know, he just, it was just a, a little magical moment in, in his, in comics history. There was some spell over there. I reviewed every issue and early on people were like commenting that I was a moron and just an idiot for liking it. And then eventually. And they probably hadn't even read it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And that's what the internet is, right? People having yeah. opinions on things they have no idea about. Well, that's what it would be. It would be, it would be, I hate, or if anybody came up to me at a show and they'd say, uh, I hate what Dan's doing. I, I'm sorry. I love your art, but I can't, I can't, you know, stand yeah. it. I'd be like, well, did you read it? No. <laughs> well, uh, you know, maybe give it a shot because you're going to find out that he's actually exploring Peter Parker here mm-hmm. in an interesting way. But that's where I see like criticism, like, you know, reviewing and stuff like that coming in as an art form in a, se- in a sense, because it speaks truth to what is being created. And sometimes it, ca- it catches on to something and tells people, no, 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 pay attention to this. This right. is actually quite good. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's so cool that your 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 art is the cover of the Omnibus too, so it's quite fitting. Oh, is that is it the the issue one cover of him crouched in? Yeah, I think so. And then there's a Casada cool. um, variant. I'm not sure why. Uh, he's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got out of Marvel uh, just right in the nick of time a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask another question about marvel and then i'll let you go um have you had a chance to look at what's going on with venom after because honestly i just reviewed the latest issue and i spent a paragraph saying you know what you and donnie did was 
make Venom a viable character. It used to be a cool design and not much more. And you guys mm. took it to a new level. And now it's getting taken to another level. I was just curious if you've been reading the, the newer issues. I haven't read it yet. I, I, I was kind of just going to, you know, I was taking time away from it. And I'm, I'll probably read it all in one one go. That's how I like to, most of the stuff I read now, I read, you know, a huge chunk of it all at once. Um, but I mean, I love Brian Hitch. I've seen a lot of the art. I've done a, I just did another variant cover for it. Um, nice. It will be released sometime soon. And, uh, you know, they, they, when I do that, they have to send me the, um, they have to send me, you know, pages and stuff and I'll look at that. And I think that what they're doing is certainly interesting. I also think that you're right. I, I mean, I think that what we did was gave Eddie a purpose mm -hmm. um, that he didn't have before. And now I think he's set up to be, you know, a, a great Marvel character for the next, you know, millennium. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like for real, like, you know, he, I think that this happens sometimes. I think that the character gets created mm -hmm. and then somebody has to find the angle. Right. It's almost like like Daredevil was a cool character, but then. Frank Miller found the angle and ever right. since that Daryl Daredevil's, you know, everybody knows the angle and they, you know, they can do different things with it. But once that angle is created on a it sometimes it takes, you know, two decades for it to, or three decades for it to, um, to really, uh, somebody to come in and, and sink their teeth into it and figure it out. That's the craziest, I, I sorry. Uh, the craziest thing is like legacy characters and, and serial storytelling, how often do we see such a big swing with, like you right. did with Venom? And then right after that, Al Ewing and Ram V doing another big swing. Like, oh, yeah. It's so exciting as a person who's been reading tons of superhero comics for decades. Yeah, I was glad that they, that they when I, I heard their plans and I was like, you know what? That's the, the best route to go is to really just um, just go crazy on your own and mm -hmm. don't don't try to, you know, it would have it would have been a, a big bummer if they just tried to like continue our story with in the direction that we were going mm -hmm. rather than like just blow it all up and do whatever they're going to do I, that. Yeah. When they blew it all up in that first issue, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like I right. did not yeah. see this coming, which, of course, is so exciting. Yeah. Well, do you have any other projects you'd like to talk about today? Um, we on my Substack we've talked a little bit about another image book that I'm co-writing. Um, I haven't announced who I'm co-writing with, but my friend Tyrell Cannon is drawing it, and we we did announce the name of it. It's the Schlub, the Schlub, nice uh, S C H L U B, um, and that you know is going to be coming. Out. I, we don't have a a date yet at Image, but um, that will be coming out in the near future, and that'll be really cool. And uh, I'm working on um mm, i don't think i can say that right now i'm looking at some pages over here and uh you know vanish is uh is full go so um i'm doing a bunch of i had a little break there and i'm going right back into it on monday so you're you're a machine my friend uh where can folks find you on social media and whatnot uh usually i everything is under the name ryan stegman all one word um so instagram uh, Twitter, those are the ones that I mainly use. Uh, hit, you know, look me up there. Go to uh, stagworldshop.com if you're interested in getting some uh, variant covers and all that stuff that, you know, we have on, we have a bunch of Vanish um, exclusives on there. And uh, yeah, uh, klcpress.com is where you can read all of our ramblings about comics and. And Stegman Speaks! And Stegman Speaks, where I, I tell you how to draw. 
Because the people who already are getting getting all of that from you over there can now listen to this show on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Ryan, uh, we'll, we'll link to it on KLC there. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Uh, Vanish number one's out September 21st in comic book shops. Go pick it up, folks. It's really, really good. Thank you. 